Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we're going to continue our discussion of Babylon 5 Season 2. Uh, this time we're talking about A Race Through Dark Places, Soulmates, and The Coming Shadows. Uh, these are episodes 9, 8, and 7, and um, uh, I should mention there's some funkiness with the order that these uh, appear in, in in various places, and so... I watch them in the non-optimal order, but we're going to talk about them in the optimal order. If I get them confused because I saw them in a different chronology, then I apologize. But, uh, but yeah, so the first episode is A Race Through Dark Places. So why don't we, uh, why don't we start there? Sure. The uh, Race Through Dark Places brings uh, Bester back. Uh... You know, we uh, was, was you know a very much loved character in the first season, and he's come to Babylon Five to investigate an underground railroad that's trying to smuggle psychics out of uh, Earth Alliance space so they don't get pulled into Psychor. And uh, we have another subplot going on where Delenn wants to learn more, more about humans, so she goes out to dinner with Sheridan. That's the uh, the other plot going on in this one. And that so what'd you think of this one? Um, I like this one. I like when Bester shows up. I'm a I'm a fan of that character. I I I like seeing that. I, I like seeing him in that role too. I feel like it's a yeah. it's, it's a nice. I don't know. It's just kind of nice seeing. It's 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 it, especially it's, it's he's like crossing franchises. It, it uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's like it feels a little bit taboo. So I I enjoy it and uh and. Yeah, so I enjoyed that. I liked the whole... So there were parts of it I liked. There were parts of it I was maybe not 100% sold on. Um, huh. So the whole... And I'm don't. I still, and I'm not sure how I feel about them. So there's the Underground Railroad. And I liked that they... That a lot of the people they brought back for this episode have appeared before, which is something that I'm starting to really yeah. notice with this show. So like the leader of the, the sort of the, the, the underground psychic people... The people that have fled from the Psycor, uh, he's the, he was in he was in like last at the end of last season. Yeah, um, he was in Chrysalis. He was yeah. the guy in Chrysalis that uh, tipped off uh, um, Garibaldi about you know his informant that had been killed. And so he, yeah, and he made a really strong impression because like I remembered him. It wasn't like yeah. oh that guy. No, I remembered who this guy was, and uh, so I, so I liked all that. I don't know how I felt though about the the and spoilers, but the way that the the reveal was that they knew that there was somebody on the inside who was was helping, and it turned out to be Doctor Franklin. And I, I like I I, I I I it's consistent with how Doctor Franklin has been behaving, um, but I also feel like uh, I don't know that the. It, it it feels like he's taking a, like really really big risks. Do you know what I mean? And well. The thing is, remember, he's the guy that during the Earth-Minbari War would rather, who actually went to jail rather than turn over his research okay. on Minbari. So <laughs> big true. risks are his thing. It's like, you know, he is someone that it's like, hey, if he were going to get oh. busted for this, he would go to jail for it. No, that's not what, you know, what I he mean would. was, he, I, like, I, I believe that he would do it. What I, what I was having trouble with was believing that he would, he would take the risk of announcing he was, you know what I mean? Like letting everybody, oh. you know what I mean? like he very boldly sort of came out, like he arranged the meeting with himself, which he didn't have to do. So, yeah. and maybe part of it was he felt like he had to bring Sheridan into what was going on. Um, 
I think, so. yeah, I mean, because honestly, I feel like he, anytime you have a scene, you've had a scene this season with, with Sheridan and, and the doctor, I, I feel like they're really chummy. They seem yeah. to really get along very well. So I kind of feel that's what it was. I think, I think he, he really thought like, Hey, oh, okay. I can, I can trust Sinclair. Cause okay. it, that's, that's something I've really noticed this watch through is like these two guys, you know, really seem to like each other okay. going back to the, uh, the, you know, the episode where they, they revived, uh, Garibaldi together by draining off their life together. I mean, that's true. I just, I, I guess when he showed up and that they had that scene, I was like, Oh, I, this could go really badly for him. If yeah. You know, um, and, 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 and he could just basically end up getting them all arrested or something like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so well, I, I like how angry Sheridan was about the whole thing too. Cause it's like, you know, damn it. You know, it's like, I like you, you're my friend and you put me in this really difficult yeah. position. You know, I, I, I think that part of it definitely worked well in this episode. But I also liked sort of the, they kind of, not, they didn't adjust Bester. I think Bester is adjusting to try to be more effective when he, when he, when he, when he, when he shows up at Babylon five this time. And number one is a different, it's a different uh, captain of Babylon five. So he doesn't have that, that, that sort of that tension between him and Sinclair that might've existed. Yeah. But um, but also in, in his dealings with Talia, he's uh, he he just seems a little bit uh, like he's really trying to woo her a little bit more, and he's not he's not he, before he was a little bit more full throttle, um, and so yeah, I think I think last time he really I mean last time Talia was a suspect mm-hmm. in the whole thing immediately because she was Jason Jason Ironheart's ex and everything, and there was. He was he was really grilling her. He was pretty sure she was in it. I think, I think this time he was, you know, you know. Well, the well, thing is too, she, you know, she she developed, you know, gotten her superpower psychics, you know, at the end of that uh, episode, which meant she could block him really well. So he she wasn't radiating anything suspicious he could pick up on. So I think he was just like, oh, she's clean. But he seemed more charming. Do you know what I mean? He seemed like he was sort of just he trying, to, like trying to be more charming this time, whereas before he kind of came in really heavy-handed and was just like me- reading people's minds without their permission. You know, and this time he was behaving himself in a, in a way that you know I, I feel oh. like he realized the last time it didn't work so well. So this time he's going to try a more <laughs> approach. Um, oh, I I like Garibaldi calling him out on it. You know, Bester gives the whole story. I go on picnics with my daughter <laughs> and everything, and, yeah. and Garibaldi's like, "Wow, that's real convincing. You almost seem human." Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was yeah. He's, he's, but uh, but but it feels like a conscious decision on the part of his yeah. character. Do you know? It feels like it's like trying some new tactic. Um, and and I and yeah. I enjoyed that, and I like the whole plot line of him of, the, of them sort of t- you know there being the, the him being the one that was actually in peril in a lot of ways like it, yeah. it, it changed things around a little bit it, it was it was more interesting um it I, was and I like the way they resolved it I thought that was really cool I thought that was an interesting <laughs> an interesting resolution um, yeah well it, it's the kind of show where you would be willing to buy that talia really was going to betray them it's yeah. like it's that it's that complex show that it's like a lot of shows you wouldn't believe it for a second you're like oh what's going on here talia can't really be doing this but it's like i don't know what yeah. side is she on yeah. <laughs> no i i i i think that um for a for a brief moment i thought she had betrayed them and then mm-hmm. and then i thought no 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 She's playing an even longer game. 
she's like she's planning yeah. on taking out Psycor, and she's like you know so I so I so I was wondering what she was what she was up to, and then when they revealed what happened, I thought okay, yep, that makes sense too. Uh, so yeah, when, when when you know basically when she first you know starts you know messing up their psychic attack from the inside there you know at first i'm like okay i believe talia is doing this and then then she kind of takes it up to the level of cartoon villainy almost where she's talking to bester where she's so cold and ruthless and that's that's like where my doubts start to creep mm-hmm. in i'm like well talia i i could see her betraying people for psychor but she's not you know she's yeah. not that evil is she and so it was, i kind of like the way that worked it kind of made the doubts creep in and so yeah, it really had me questioning. I also liked the the thing with Delenn. I'm I'm I mm-hmm. so okay. I think I misunderstood something from the prequel, um, and you don't have to clarify it for me because maybe this is something I'm supposed to not really know. But okay, I thought that there was a vision of Delenn and Sinclair as like lovers fleeing from something in the thing. And now I'm realizing, oh, maybe that was Sheridan and not it was Sinclair. Sheridan. Okay, yeah. All right. I haven't, so that, I haven't, I haven't corrected you. You've made that error a couple times, and I've like held off. And I'm like, now, okay, I'll, yeah. So yeah, so I'll, I was like I'll, dead I'll set on Sinclair and Delenn being a thing in the future. I was like, this is like obviously going to happen, and so, um, like, but then all these things were occurring that were like throwing a wrench in that, and I, I was trying to find an explanation for why it wouldn't yeah. ultimately go. And, and so now I'm like, ah, oh, it's him. It's him. And so, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it, yeah. So I just completely, I, you know what it is too? They kind of, I mean, they, 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 they don't look alike at all, but in a lot of ways they kind of look like the same person, if that makes sense. Like their faces don't look the same. Their hair doesn't look the same, but something about in that scene, I would very easily mistook them for each other. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's, you're, you're watching a, you're watching a TV on a TV that's yeah. kind of small, so it's yeah. I can I can see I can see that happening. But but, uh, uh, but they're playing the you know, same role. Do you know what I mean they're playing the same sort yeah. of captain role? So I think that's. And I, but and I, I can't specifically remember too. But in that, that was you know the the part set twenty years in the future too. So you know Sheridan probably had some old man makeup on or something too okay. to make it even more. Uh, confusing but i yeah i can't remember if he actually did have uh any kind of makeup like that on or not and so yeah so but yeah i like this episode i had a good time it wasn't my favorite of the three um but it no was a good there's there's an easy easy favorite of the three in this which i, I think we will both reveal soon enough but okay. uh yeah one, one more thing i i will say before just before we move on i i really like the conversation between uh Sheridan and Garibaldi where they're uh you know talking about the formation of psycho and how it was made to kind of shove these people away <laughs> and keep them kind of locked away and they've kind of grown into this thing you know just because they've been separate from everybody for so long and it's like it was such a a terrible mistake to make you know it's like yeah. you know maybe if maybe if psychics had been allowed to be part of regular human society we wouldn't be having this this situation. I mean, you know, you can look at them in Bari as a comparison where psychics are just kind of part of their, their, their uh, society. And this is going to get, this is something that comes up in one of the other episodes, but I did want to kind of clarify that. What's the distinction between Centauri mind abilities and human mind abilities? Because I was getting a little bit confused by uh, what humans can do and what Centauri can do and what's the difference between them. Uh, Centauri, 
can do telepathy, but their their specialty is uh, is prophecy. That's okay. they they tend to get visions of the future. Like you know, even Londo can you know even can get little visions of his you know even they they you know get visions of his own death and so on. So yeah, that's 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 the the specialty that they have. Okay, in human specialties, they can read minds, which is yeah okay. All yeah. Right, so um, I just uh, wanted to. I was just kind of questioning that because something comes up in, uh, I think in the uh, Coming Shadows episode that I was a little bit unclear on. But uh, Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. and that, that's a good question too because humans are good at reading minds. And we know that we have Centauri telepaths that communicate with each other, but I don't know how good they are at actually, you know, forcibly that's reading other people's me. minds. That was the line that sort of confused me because it was sort of like the... You know when when does that when you know that division between that and mind reading? Um, yeah, so, it's a it's a good question. It is um, a good question, but I, uh, I I don't remember how much detail we're going to get into with that with the show. But uh, but but yeah, so it's and it's a it's a minor point, I suppose. But um, but also so the, so the next episode is Soulmates. Which, Soulmates. Why don't you give the the, the rundown <laughs> of it, and I will give you my thoughts. Well, yeah, with Londo uh, having a. Uh, you know, gained lots of favor with the emperor. He's cashed in, you know, all this, you know, all this, this political capital he's made in exchange for being able to get some divorces from some of his wives. So he's got three wives, but he only earned two divorces. And so he's, he's got to pick who he's going to keep. And the, uh, the other plot line is really kind of a continuation of the last one with, uh, with Talia finally having, become disgusted with Psychor, her uh, ex-husband shows up who somehow managed to leave Psychor, and he's offering her a way out. So that's uh, the two plot lines we have in this one. And uh, and also Delenn's hair. There was a little subplot with Delenn's hair to continue. Oh, of course. How could how could yeah. I forget that, that huge that, part of the plot arc? It, but, interestingly, uh, that is a scene I've seen before. I remember that scene. Um, oh really yeah so I, i've seen that scene before maybe i saw it when my friend was watching it maybe i saw it when i was like on youtube and it came up somehow but yeah. um but i remember that scene and uh uh and and it, and it was weird because it, i suddenly knew the context and that always really freaks me out a little bit but uh yeah it's pro probably not the scene i would pick if i was going to show someone one scene to yeah. go no you've got to watch this just watch this man you'll be you'll be hooked. <laughs> yeah it's it's not the way to sell the show i would agree, I would agree. <laughs> it's it's a charming scene in its own it way but it's definitely you want to be a fan before you see that scene i think um, and uh yeah but i really so so here's the thing i have a feeling a lot of people don't like this episode i have a feeling but i really yeah. like this episode a lot um, I, I, you know, I mean, it's not one people ever pick as their favorite, but I think this is a generally liked episode, actually. And so, so the thing I liked about it was it felt very I Claudius to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so there's a line where he's talking about Muriel, who I think is like his sexier wife who sleeps around a little bit and, you know, yeah. but is always like pouring honey into the conversation and uh, heard it. And so uh, he says to Sheridan, because she's kind of flirting with Sheridan at some point uh londo says uh you know muriel is drawn to men of power like a moth to a flame but she burns them uh you know yeah. he says it better than that but it was but but it reminded me there's a great line in i claudius where um where they're talking about livia and uh, uh -huh. and i think it's tiberius talking about her and he and and the and his brother 
is is like oh so people are you know they talk about mom what do they say and he says they say a snake bit her once and it died and that's like my <laughs> that's my favorite line ever and that and and this is I, I i can't i can't help but think that he was thinking of that line when he wrote this line i don't know did, did straczynski write this episode or was oh it actually he didn't write this this okay. was written by peter david who okay. uh you know wrote did a lot of the star trek novels okay but, but that uh, i definitely think that 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 line was in the person's head when they wrote that um, yeah and and straczynski i know straczynski did add some lines to this so it is possible he wrote that line i don't know who in particular okay. but, but it, it would surprise me if they were both fans of i claudius though so could have come from either of them but yeah so that that really won me on the episode once that line hit and i liked this i liked learning more about londa uh, you know it, it it's it's not like you said it's not going to be your favorite episode of ever but i i enjoy yeah. sort of the scenario of londo uh, you know, having to, sort of trying to figure out which wife, because he's got to keep one wife, and 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 it really is an interesting thing. And so, you know, two of the wives take the course of just trying to please him, and and the other one, um, what was Tim her off. name? Timoth. Timoth. Yeah. She 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 just is like, I don't like you. I'm never going <laughs> to pretend that I like you. And. And, and and it was I don't know it was fun it was fun and I also was kind of wondering well maybe she's just really really smart and like really playing him for a fool like maybe maybe she knows him <laughs> so well that that she knows if she just does all this stuff and she gives him the blood blood transfusion and then pretends like it never happened that you know because she knows the doctor's going to give him some indication maybe do you know what I mean maybe yeah maybe maybe that's her angle uh, and the other two are just not as smart as her. Or may, but maybe she really is this character. So I don't know. So I was kind of wondering that. But again, that whole all those machinations were very I Claudius to me. It was very it was very sort of court politics to do with sort of like you know the, the you know the, sort of people positioning themselves in a marriage situation. I really I really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, and and I liked I liked seeing sort of how how they were competing with each other and how Londo was sort of assessing them. Um, yeah, and I like it didn't get over syrupy at the end. It's not like Londo and Timov at the end realize, oh, you know, there's not, there's not anything too like they 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 kind of like Londo realize, oh, you're great and I really do love yeah. you or anything. It's just like they just they just, they just reach an accommodation at the end. It's yeah. just just pitched at the right level. And again, <laughs> I still have that hanging question of whether she's still playing him for a fool or not. You know, because like, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I've seen enough of the, you know, you know, it's a very, it's again, it's a very I Claudius thing to do. Um, you know, mm -hmm. so maybe that's just her front that she's presenting to everybody. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, it was, uh, and again, Matthew Stoner, worst ex-husband oh, yeah. in the entire universe. I think it's safe to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and and just so smug. So unbelievably smug in his, just he does because he's got this ability apparently where he can he can suggest courses of action to people and they take them, and mm -hmm. and so he's just confident that he's always going to end up where he wants to be, and and Garibaldi really has to work hard to kind of get around that, and also it sort of ties in with the Garibaldi Talia, you know, infatuation, uh, yeah. Where, you know, and, and so this guy, not only is this guy like competition, but the guy is like, he, he's, he's kind of <laughs> ugly. He's not charismatic at all, but everybody just does what he says. And so it's, 
you, you know, yeah, that, he's the guy that everybody likes, but you can't understand why. Yeah, but he's been with his psychic powers to explain it. But yeah, <laughs> but I just liked, it. And, and it was almost, it was almost like deliberately bad acting the way the guy. Like it wasn't like, do you know what I mean? There was like something like there was like a there was something about the way this guy was playing the character that it's like he's even trying to annoy you as a viewer by. Oh do you yeah, know what I mean? he was really trying. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't trying to lay on any charm with it or anything. Like, oh, well, I'm playing a character who charms people. I should be charming. He just went completely the opposite way. <laughs> so, yeah, but and I enjoyed the the assassination attempt on Londo. Um, I thought that was an interesting way to do it. Um, yeah, and and it also was an interesting way to tie those plot lines together. Um, so you know, like I, I've noticed they've been doing that, and and I I kind of like when the plots intersect that way. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but I but but I guess it was basically that it was some kind of artifact that was taken from a Narn uh, Narn world that uh, that had every reason to leave traps for the Centauri. <laughs> and, yeah, and, it's just like it's like an exploding teddy bear yeah. they left for the Centauri yeah. to pick up. But and, uh... so, <laughs> and then it just poisons Londo, and, and so. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, again, I I don't I, I could easily see people watching this episode and rolling their eyes, um, but I yeah. really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I'm sure there are people that dislike it, but I, I I don't know. I mean, my my from reactions I've seen over the years, I think this is generally a pretty well liked episode. And uh, and so and as good as that episode was, the Coming Shadows is the next episode. And that was so I was already on like cloud nine after I saw Soulmates, and then I was like, "Whoa!" Like it goes from like here to like the stratosphere. It was amazing. It was it was an yeah. amazing trajectory of episodes. Um, and I mean, you can you can explain it, but this was an this was an astoundingly good uh, yeah episode of television. Yeah, this is the one where the the. You know, Centauri Emperor actually comes to visit uh, Babylon Five. He's going to make a big speech, and uh, yeah, this, this is a hard one to summarize because it's got yeah. so many, so many moving parts. And so, you know, you've got Jakar who wants to assassinate him. You've got a, uh, you've got you've got a whole uh, unrelated plot line where, uh, well, sort of unrelated plot line where. Uh, a mysterious guy is skulking around that Garibaldi, you know, keeps an eye on and grabs. And, uh, who, uh, but yeah, ultimately, uh, the emperor gets, uh, you know, gets sick before, uh, Jakar can assassinate him and, uh, is dying, but he passes on a, a, you know, you know, apology to Jakar and Jakar decides, I, I, well, I mean, it's, like I said, it's, it's not something I can easily summarize. There's a lot. We should probably just it's, talk about the well, episode rather than synopsize it. Yeah. I mean, and obviously I love this. This is the best episode of the bunch. Um, yeah, it's probably the best episode of the show I've seen so, so far. far. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I've called out anytime there's been an episode before. I'm like, this is one some people think is the worst episode ever. This is an episode. A lot of people think is the best episode ever of the show. I can totally see what, so part of it is I was always feeling something very intense at every point in the episode, whether it was Jakar, put the knife down, put the knife down Jakar. And then, 
Jakar puts the knife down, and then there's this other thing put into play, and you're like, oh no, like he has no idea that this is going to happen, and you know, and so oh, there was so just, painful. Yeah, the whole episode, <laughs> you're just like, oh no, oh no, and wow, and then and then when it just sort of all blossoms, when it when it when when and uh, this was this was the best Shakar episode that they that I've seen. Uh, yeah, just saying a, a lot. Great, yeah, he did a great <laughs> job. It could have been. It could have been crazy. It could like there was a period where in the episode where he's like screaming, he's enraged, and he wants to go kill Londo, and they tug him down, and he almost gets like right up to that line where I was like, you know, tone it down a little bit, but he doesn't. <laughs> he it was it worked. He got he got. It, it, I really liked his performance this whole episode. And, what, uh, what works about his performance there is that it's it's not just Jakar being angry. Jakar is terrified that the Centauri yeah. are going to wipe his people out again. It's, yeah. That's that's what really makes it work. I, I would agree because, it, yeah, it wasn't just rage. It wasn't he was just blind. He's like really, he's like cornered and scared. There's like the yeah, two things They're doing on. it to us again yeah. is exactly what he says. And I don't, <laughs> I don't usually comment on acting all that much unless it's like, oh, that guy from that show and I'm really glad they didn't get a sucky person for this role. But like yeah. that was that was really impressive to me. I was I was I, I was I was impacted a lot by that performance. And uh, and, it, and it and it and I and I think I think it, and, and just the whole thing with him and Sheridan was Sheridan just like, no, nah, leave him alone. Jamie, there was like there was like yeah. something about that. Um, yeah. But yeah. Oh, this was a good episode. This was this is this is like why you watch television. Do you know what I mean? This yeah. Was, uh, I mean. You know, the scene with the scene where where, where Jakar meets Londo to to have a toast with him is just yeah. <laughs> that's just, that just a painful painful scene. And how many? So so he kills. So basically, Londo kills even more Narn, and, and oh yeah, and, and it's done in a way where now the the Centauri have to claim response. There's no way they can avoid sort of. Like, well, they, they they claim it claim it on purpose yeah. because you know his faction he has with Lord Rifa wants to be able to step in yeah. and you know claim the emperor position. So, yeah, they they have to claim it because you you can't do it. The first time was a subtle behind the scenes power yeah. play. They're trying to make a big power play scene, so they need to have their ship show because yeah, we did we did all this. That was us. And not only do they take it, but they have I forget how many, but they had a lot of Narn captives. And, and and the whole history that we've been told about over and over again is that they took the Narns as slaves. And yeah. so and so we basically and so Londo's like reframing it. He's like, Oh no, we're not we're not enslaving them, we're we're yeah, we're putting them to training. good use and giving them trade skills and, and like and it's like, No, that sounds an awful lot like slavery to me. And so yeah. so Sheridan has a pretty good plan, which is like, look, like this is a line and I don't care how you did it. You know the you know the you know we're gonna go in there and we're gonna we're gonna we need to, to verify what's going on and and so Londo in reaction is like well if we give them back to, if we let them go will you not need to verify and Sheridan's like yeah so well well the thing is what he says is he does care how they did it he said if we send our observers in they're not just gonna keep an eye on these guys they're gonna figure out how you won so quickly oh that's what I mean he's like I don't care oh, how you okay. did it we're gonna figure out. Um, oh, you know, I got you. Uh, I, I, so, yeah. so no, he he was like, you know, and, and obviously Londo doesn't want any probing into that. So, that, that, you know, that was the, um, uh, yeah. So, that, so that's what gets him to sort of give, you know. But then it's unclear to me if he actually releases them because 
they ask Shakar, is that, you know, is that acceptable? And Shakar is just, a, he's very morose and he's like, you know, we've just declared war on you. Like we're in, well, I think he yeah. does accept it, though. Okay, I mean, so, I think I think I think the declaration of war may have come a little earlier in the conversation. Okay. I think, but I uh, don't remember. I just was not sure if 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 the if the Narn were actually going to get liberated or not there because it it seemed like it, but it also seemed like oh maybe Jakar was saying no, we can't even do that because we're at war. no. You know what I mean? He he, he did accept it. He I did? believe. Okay. I mean, I can. I can double check. I mean, later, I would assume I... he did. I, I mean, I, he's, he's demonstrated that he doesn't like the idea of Narn being enslaved. So I would imagine that he would he would take that gesture. But uh, yeah, he watched his father killed as a uh, you know as a slave. So but also, I but the thing is, that's a big deal to him. But the th- <laughs> but the thing that he could be relinquishing in that moment is the possibility of the humans going in and probing. So that's why I wasn't a hundred percent sure on. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because it doesn't. It it was one of those things where they just do it, and you're supposed to know what happens. And I wasn't 100 percent clear on what the resolution was. Um, yeah. So I'm of course, of... yeah. Go back backtracking through the threads too. The thing that gives uh, gives Sheridan the idea to do that power play on Londo is the fact that the information he gets from the guy Garibaldi arrests that uh, has you know that turns out to actually be a messenger from Sinclair who. Uh, <laughs> Who surprisingly pops up in this episode? No, that was a, that was a very pleasant surprise. I was yeah. not expe- I should have been expecting it. I had no idea that was going to happen. Uh, <laughs> and Garibaldi, you know, it was it, it was uh, yeah, that was a and and so basically, there's this like force on Babylon Five that's been going that's been building secretly, and uh, and the message is just you know like don't you know to keep this you know on the down low and i can tell you be on the lookout for shadows basically it was the um, yeah so, yeah so and garibaldi's you know trusts sinclair but he's also wise enough to understand that like this is you know things are really things have real this things have gathered so much momentum by the end of this episode uh, <laughs> you know it's funny yeah. you you start i forget when this plot line hit but at the beginning of one of these episodes one of the big things going on was Sheridan and Ivanova are dealing with this rent that's been imposed on them for their quarters. And so there's oh, yeah. a little bit of a protest. And so you're dealing with the minor irks of, of, of her dealing with him snoring because they have to share his office to sleep in <laughs> and, 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 Oh no! Are they going to be able to get a good night's rest? Because you know the the, the Earth <laughs> government is imposing this this sixty credit tax or thirty credit tax on them or or rent on them that that Sheridan's just refusing to pay out of principle and uh and 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 then by the end of the by the end of this sort of arc that we're in, it's open war between the Narn and the Centauri and thing and there's all this other stuff that's just you you. It's it, it's 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 really incredible how 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 where my concerns began and ended by the end of yeah. the evening of watching these. Um, yeah, the stakes shoot up by a lot. It's uh, <laughs> and, and I mean it's in and and it's it's I mean it's very clear where Londo is going at this point. It's very clear where you know you know the peril that uh, the Narn are in um, and. And also with those visions Londo keeps having, we like yes. you know, they're giving us these these very ominous flash forwards where where Londo is seeing Jakar come to his quarters and choke him. But it's not the Jakar that we've 
we know it's in Shakar having seen a lot and experienced a lot. There's 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 a lot more that happens between now and then. You can see it all on Jakar's face, but you have no idea what that is. You don't. He's got know. an eye patch and everything. Yeah, yeah. You don't know. <laughs> is this triumphant Jakar or is this defeated Jakar sneaking in? Do you know what I mean? Like you just don't really know what the full yeah. situation is. Um, yeah, that's see that's that's another reason why, you know. Getting back to the thing of me recommending people watch the prequel first. Like the prequel gives you certain clues to the future that you wouldn't have otherwise. But this show really likes giving you a sense of where things are going to an extent. So I feel it it, it dovetails dovetails well with it. Yeah. But uh, in fact, I might want to watch the prequel again because now I'm going to pay more attention to some of the details of well, what kind of ships were those that were attacking? Uh, Cent- was it Centauri Prime that they were? Centauri Prime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's worth worth taking yeah. another look because at the that would that would point. you yeah. know if those if those are Narn ships, it's very different than if those are shadow ships or if those are human. You know, I I don't I I didn't I can't say I really remember a lot of those details from the prequel. So. Um, yeah, the uh, the part the part in the uh, in in Londo's dream with the shadow ships flying overhead with him just looking. That's a. Uh, a nice ominous image there. <laughs> so yeah, so so it's a. Uh, this is getting into what's great about this show is it can get like so, and again, and I know we talk about Star Trek: The Next Generation as a point of comparison, largely because it was out at the same time, and it's mm-hmm. uh, and and it's kind of, it's it's just a very easy contrast because that was the option versus this, and I like Star Trek: The Next Generation. One of the things it's very good at is sort of the more intimate sort of character-based episodes. But what I always found with Star Trek is it never really did well with the epic stuff. Do you know what I mean? It, when, yeah. when Like that just never quite landed well for me in Star Trek. I always, I always Thanks. like data on uh, on the holodeck. You know, when it's out of control, <sighs> fine. But but when you have yeah. these really big grand conspiracies like they did in season one, it just kind of lands funny. Well, yeah, I mean, end of season two, you have the whole Borg war starting and, you know, Captain Picard becomes a Borg and you're like, wow, this show is really going somewhere. But then by the end of the season premiere of the next of season three, it's like, yep, all wrapped up, all done. Well, and, and, and again, I think part of it, it's, it's not anything, it's not even the story problem. It's something about the juxtaposition, Star Trek's comfort zone is that mm-hmm. intimacy in the enterprise Do you know what i mean just that like I the agree. next generation yeah. at least but this show what i'm noticing is it's very good it's sort of getting that you get that sort of like the the intimacy of babylon 5 and the characters and like i said stuff you would see on i claudius but also expanding to include the epic stuff even though they're operating on a much lower budget they somehow when this war unfolded i was fully on board i wasn't i wasn't having to be like oh yeah, but it's still a TV show, and it's like a crappy sort of like you know pale imitation of a movie escalation award. I mean, I didn't feel that. I felt no. fully invested in it. I don't know why. I don't know what it's doing different that's enabling me to get there with it because it's clearly not the budget. The budget is not the thing that is. Getting there. <laughs> um, the you know they're 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 definitely working with what they have with the budget, but that is yeah. not the thing that's that's getting me to buy into it i don't know what it is i was thinking about i mean a lot of it was jakar a lot of it was definitely when he says we're at war i believed him do you know what i mean i i believed him saying that 
but some, some, something about all the way all the pieces are being woven together is different, and I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, yeah, well, I think I think something that's interesting, you know, I just brought up like you know when the whole war with the Borg starts at the end of season two in Next Generation, it's like I've been really excited and being like, cool, there's going to be a big space war. With this episode, when Jakar says we're at war, you don't think it's exciting. You just think, oh man, this really. This really sucks. Yeah, no, that's that's it. That's it. That's it. It's it. It wasn't a desirable thing. I wanted them to not have war. I want because I want Babylon yeah. Five to go on doing what Babylon Five does. But I was so pulled in when that happened. I was like, whoa, this is going in a direction that I'm not that that I almost don't want it to go into. But I'm I'm deeply invested in finding out where it leads. And, yeah. And I'm very interested in the changes that have occurred with these characters. I mean, this is not. I don't know. I feel like even today, like like a lot of the TV is now very uh, story driven and character. You get you get sort of like these big things that happen with the characters over time, and the story sort of evolves. There's an arc, but I never. I I don't know. I I, I get bored with the way it's done these days, and and this is mm-hmm. not boring me. I, I don't. I, maybe because it's just sort of like one of the earlier attempts at it, so it doesn't it still has a lot of the stuff that would also draw me to a show either way. Yeah. But it might just be that it's the, that it's doing it better than a lot of later shows have have tried to do. Um, Yeah. Well, I'm finding what I'm really enjoying watching this show after so many years is that it, I'm actually enjoying the episodic, like, you know, elements of it a lot because so many shows now, like, you know, to throw Jessica Jones out there, for example, it's okay, but it there's there's no good individual episodes. It's just this stretched out like eight to ten hour movie, and you don't you don't feel like you know there's no I can't distinguish anything between any of the episodes. Yeah. Whereas this, when you get to the end end of an hour of the show, you feel like I just watched an episode. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of stuff moving forward I want to see, but this was. Coming, Coming of Shadows obviously is setting up lots of stuff in the future, but you feel like, wow, that was a satisfying, complete hour of television right yeah. there. And, and I would go back and rewatch it. Do you know what I mean? I would go back and rewatch yes. all this stuff. There are a lot of shows, I watch them religiously, but I would never, once I find out what the development is, I would never want to watch that episode again, because the only purpose of being there was to find the development. Um, yeah. And I mean, there's always yeah. great acting and, you know, some good writing in the mix, but it just doesn't, this this show has teeth. There is something. It is it is different, um, and it's also making me realize why I don't like a lot of the shows that are out today. And it's in, I find that very interesting because one of the things that this show is doing is it's sort of rebelling against a lot of things that people didn't like about TV at the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's <laughs> occupying a very weird space for me, um, and and it's almost like. I mean, I don't know how big of an impact this had on other shows and how, you know, if it was just, you know, a, a blip and then other shows are more responsible for what ultimately came down the line. But I mm-hmm. feel like this is almost like you can almost point to this show and say this was a pivotal direction and it, it did something really new and interesting. And unfortunately, people followed the the direction it was pointing to in the wrong way, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, I know exactly. I mean, that's one thing that's really funny watching this show now for me is that watching it back in the 90s, the thing that really impressed me about it was 
all the long-term storytelling in it. That was all that impressed me. Whereas now the TV's gone too far in the long-term storytelling path. I'm impressed that, wow, this is a good long-term series, but it's also a good episodic series at the same time. So I'm, I'm appreciating the opposite element to it to what I originally appreciated. Yeah, it's almost like when you have a really innovative band that spawns a musical genre. And then you have yeah. <laughs> imitators who just take, they sort of identify what the elements of the aesthetic are and they try to replicate that aesthetic, but they're missing like some other vital component to the DNA. Like, you know, they're jettisoning the blues element that this band had because they're just trying to hone in on the, on these other elements and it's, and it's missing something. And I feel like this show, I still get, this show still has a really strong soul to it that really works and and it, and it's got all these other things going on. So like you're saying, I want to watch the individual episodes, and uh, and I'm finding I mean I'm finding this to be uh, enormously satisfying as a viewer because I feel like I haven't had this in a very long time. Um, but I'm also not going back to some of the total garbage that I was watching before. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it, it, there's this is hitting a nice spot. Um, so so yeah. So in this in this episode. You don't have the investment that I uh, that I that I was experiencing in this episode without all those other things we were talking about. Um, if I was just waiting to find out what happens in the Mimbari, not Mimbari, the Centauri Narn conflict, I I wouldn't be as invested. I, I would I, I really needed to be interested in all the I, you know if I wasn't also interested in Delenn's hair and in. Um, <laughs> And in yeah. and in the brunch with Bester and all these things that were going on, uh, you know, it, it it wouldn't have the 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 weight that it has because I ultimately want Babylon Five to return to normal. That's my that's like my my hope. I know it's probably going to be shattered, but that's the thing that's keeping me invested in it. And mm -hmm. and so I'm not just there to watch the train wreck if it makes sense. Do you know what I mean? I'm there because I yeah. know underneath it all there are these great episodes that I want to, to be having on a weekly basis and. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 doing something the same and different from what a lot of shows are doing, and uh, and it's 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 just crystallizing for me why I'm so irritated with so many of the shows that I'm trying to watch these days. Um, so, yeah, having the exact same experience. But yeah, it's it's tough to say how influential this show was because I mean it it was fairly you know, under the radar for the most part of time. But, but then again, this episode did win the Hugo for best dramatic presentation that okay. year. So, I mean, it won a significant science fiction award and against movies. And <laughs> I mean, obviously in science, I mean, even, you know, I, I, you always heard about Babylon five as a science fiction fan. It was inescapable hearing conversation about it. Um, yeah. But what, I, like you said, what I'm wondering is, well, it's still science fiction. So how much of an influence did it have? On. And and this is science fiction, and I I think a, people, a lot of people growing up now might not realize now science fiction actually has sort of like a place in the culture that's mm -hmm. prominent. Um, uh, but back in the nineties, it you know Star Wars always had a special sort of affection from people, but but you know Babylon Five, even Star Trek: The Next Generation, this stuff was not um, it, it was not as mainstream as, as as a lot of these things are today. And so no. I just I don't know how much of an impact it would have had, um, you know, this. Yeah. And it's tough to say, you know, how and the thing you can't it's hard to measure is like how much did 
other writers pay attention to it, you know, because there's always you always have the thing where, you know, maybe audiences weren't paying attention, but other TV writers might have been paying attention to it as a model. So there could be there could be kind of background influences that it had. Well, it's like now I would say a show like I Claudius is fairly niche. Um, but like we're seeing a lot of influence from my Claudius in this show. It's just, it's, it's, it's under, there's a lot of other influence yeah. too. I mean, you know, there's a Clark influence there's, but, but, uh, but the, the, I, I see an awful lot of I Claudius in this and, and, uh, um, and so that, you know, it's, it's maybe that's sort of a similar type thing where, uh, you know, how much did, you know, due to the quirkiness of the individual writer, how much were they influenced by Babylon five? Uh, just in the same way that yeah. Straczynski was clearly influenced by I Claudius. Um, yeah, yeah. There's no the I Claudius influence is indisputable. I mean, that's a... <laughs> that that moth line was so like that was like I felt like somebody was consciously thinking of the Livia line and how can I how can I do it in a way that's different but similar. Do you know what I mean? Maybe I'm yeah. wrong. It just I saw that line. I was like, that's the snake line. That's 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 definitely you know talking about Livia and the snake. Um, yeah, um, I, uh, and yeah, it worked. It was really cool. It's a cool idea. This woman who like is drawn to powerful men but burns them. Like she she destroys them in the process. Um, <laughs> it's a uh, it is it is a great line. And uh, but yeah, you know another another good good line from uh, this episode we haven't touched on is after you know when, when the emperor dies and he whispers something to Londo and Londo gives his bull crap you know explanation about oh he said take my people to the stars you know and um and you know and afterwards reef is like so what did he really say <laughs> he said we are damned it's yeah. just so i actually moment. i took so here's my note for that line because that really struck out at me i said we are both damned continue yes. take my people to the stars kind of the same <laughs> like, <laughs> you know like, it was uh I, I, I suppose that, you're right. There is a there is a similarity. Yeah, there, right? So it was it was an it was an interesting. I, I also liked what they did with that emperor because there, there was this whole thing where the the movement of the emperor through that whole episode is very processional. He he sort of starts out in, in Centauri Prime on his throne, and he's and he's going to Babylon Five, and the whole episode we're sort of watching him at each step in that journey. But and then he literally collapses as he's walking down a hallway. So there is a there's this great. I don't know. I just have this visual uh, of him always sort of moving in a direction through the episode. Yeah. And, uh, and I liked the guy that got to play the emperor. That was, uh, yeah, I don't know. Turhan Bey. Who yeah. was it? Turhan Bey. He was, a he was a pretty big star in the late forties and fifties, but, uh, he had some kind of disgrace that, that no one will really talk about. And he, he like went, went to Austria. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I guess maybe we'll find out more about it. Well, what, what is he, I wonder what he's been in that, uh, because I kind of recognized him, and I wasn't yeah, sure where. Yeah, he's, he's been in like a lot of uh, more pulpy kind of stuff uh, back in the forties. Oh and 50s. yeah, I can see. Yeah, I see a lot of movies. Okay, so yeah, I might I might just be recce. But but he looks so different back then. So I don't. I think I was recognizing yeah. him from a a more recent role. But I also see that he was a uh, he was in shows like murder she wrote it looks like he was a character actor, that was maybe. in the 80s he came back to the u.s it was like apparently whatever scandal he had to make him leave blew over so he came back in the 80s and he was in the murder she wrote which is probably yeah. where straczynski saw straczynski probably when he was working on murder show was like i gotta keep that guy in mind for yeah. something so but, yeah uh, so but i liked him i thought i thought he worked well in that role he 
he, he's very good because it was an it was because he had to be this character who at one point was a tyrant and really did some terrible things to the Narn, but we had to sort of have empathy for him in the last years of his life and yeah and so you needed this guy who could sort of do the regret thing and he it worked because because that was the whole sh- the whole episode i was kind of passing judgment on him because i i knew what they were sort of trying to do with the character i knew that they was like you could you sensed that he was trying to make some kind of wrong right and and the whole episode i'm like but but they but this guy is like kind of to blame for a lot of these horrible things we've heard about and I'm, you're trying to 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 reconcile those two things, and I felt like yeah. the actor pulled it off. Um, so yeah, so I I I liked I liked the whole thing with the emperor, and yeah, uh, um, you know, yeah, well, it's exactly. I mean, it is. You know, I mean, the emperor could have done this at any time, and he waited too long. And so it's easy to go, oh, he was trying to be a good guy, and and Rifa and Lando took advantage of him and twisted everything. But it's like. Yeah, at the same time, it is still the Emperor's fault, because if he'd done that ten years earlier... <laughs> well, and that's why his last line to Londo is so great. He doesn't He doesn't give Londo... He knows Londo's not going to do whatever it is he tells Londo to do. If he says, you know... Yeah. If he says, forgive the Narn, or give the Narn their... You know, he knows that's not going to... So he just, you know, we are both damned is, is a very haunting thing for Londo to hear. And you can, you know... Londo clearly is not... It clearly affects him, um, and he's yeah. already had sort of the warnings from the uh, techno mage. So uh, I think Londo has a sense of where he's going, and I'm very interested to see how Londo navigates that. I'm interested to see how. <laughs> what I'm wondering is, so are we still going to get these? Is is there still going to be diplomacy on Babylon Five? Like if they're at war, what's the what's the situation on Babylon Five now? Um, yeah. And and I don't know because you know we we just had a scene where where Jakar was basically trying to murder Londo and you know <laughs> so so I don't know what's gonna I, I mean I I I have recollections of other people watching the show so maybe uh, so I kind of remember things sort of getting back to a kind of normal but I don't know if that's me not realizing what was going on or not understanding the chronology of the show so. Um, yeah, it's a matter of what what the new normal will be. <laughs> yeah. But this definite this episode, I had to really, really stop myself from watching the next one just because I wanted that question answered. I wanted to see what's what's the state of Babylon Five now. And uh, yeah, well, it's 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 interesting because the status quo does shift on the show, and it already has. For example, like you know, we kind of touched earlier on how the Sinclair Sheridan thing meant when Bester showed up, it's like, Oh, it's a different relationship now when Bester shows up because it's not Sinclair, the guy he's got a grudge against from last time. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, the Sinclair and Sheridan have very different relationships to the Minbari. And it's, uh, you know, I mean, you, you, they, 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 they get away with kind of changing those things every now and then on this show. Well, they, they do a good job of re- like, Every every character, just like a slight difference in what they choose to focus on, I could be rooting for somebody else a little bit. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. It's and and all the characters are. There's always room for them. It seems at least up until this point. I don't know. Maybe 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 after this point, Londo is irredeemable or or something. But I feel like every character there is the potential for them to 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 be a better person or a worse person as the show unfolds. I don't really know where Jakar is going to be 
two seasons from now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like as a viewer, I'm wondering, is he going to, is, is, is this going to be like, as a viewer, will I feel that he's more noble after all this stuff that happens? Or am I going to come to hate what Jakar becomes? Mm-hmm. And the same thing with Londo. And it's, I find it interesting. I really don't know. And it's not done in a gimmicky way. It's not like, oh, we're going to make this guy the villain and you didn't see that coming. It's not, it's not that kind of a, like, I don't know, sort of a cheap trick from the writers. It's, 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 it's a lot more well done. Um, it is. It is. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting in the show because it also, the characters you have sympathy with don't necessarily win, for example. I mean, it has no relationship to that, you know, like on, on Star Trek, the good guys are generally always going to win and it's, it's kind of supporting that. But with this, it, yeah, there's just no connection between how you feel about people and how well they're doing in the show. <laughs> well, I feel like it's a lot like I Claudius in that respect, in that uh-huh. it's really just this, it's, it's kind of, it's a relentless flow of history that the characters have to live in or die. Yes. There isn't like a, in a lot of shows you get these moments where, ah, this is, this is how it resolves. You know, that doesn't, you know, it's never a clean they're always existing in a historical context that is not a hundred percent ideal. And, mm-hmm. and that's sort of what makes it interesting. But again, there's a lot of shows that do that, but they, they do it in sort of a, you know, they kind of wave it in your face. And that's not what this show is doing. This show is still giving us people that are, they're aliens, but they're believably human. They're, they're, they're real people. And, yeah. uh, and, 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 uh, and, and, the, and I don't know, there's just a complexity to it. That, that works um and i you know i'm sort of struggling to explain it but the best i can do is say it's sort of like i claudius with that you know at different points in the show claudius is a different person he's never the ideal that you want him to be do you know what i mean no. he never and he's he, kind of pushed he's kind of pushed through most of the story too yeah. he isn't he isn't driving the story at no, all no he isn't but i mean he but he's presented to us as the most sympathetic person in the series. Do you know what I mean? You're, he's supposed to yes. be the guy that you're rooting for. Um, but even with that, he's still, you know, he's the realities of the world he lives in are not catering to that. They never, he's, he, he can never really be the hero that you want him to be. Um, but, but yeah. it's not done in like a, and, and I, you know, I, this is just an easy example to use, but it's not done in sort of a walking dead style way where it's, um, where it's sort of waved in your face as a viewer, where they're kind of like, ah, you thought that was going to be, no, it's this. It's not that way. It's, uh, yeah. uh, and so I feel like this is very similar. Um, and I don't know, maybe I'll be proven wrong as the show progresses, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't pull like crazy twists on you. Everything, everything that happens is believable and in character, even if it totally shocks you and surprises you. I mean, everything, you know, Londo's dark actions in this do come out of the guy we saw in the first season. He's believably the same character. They haven't just decided, hey, this guy's going to become a bad guy now. He's he's he still is the same guy. No, that's it. And also, he's not like super nefarious about it. He's not like he's not suddenly embracing this dark side of himself. He, there's, yeah. there's conflict in his eyes. And, and, and it's like you said, you, you, you're sort of forced as the viewer to be like, but this is the guy who was sort of wandering around the strip clubs like having a good time. And now, you know, you sort of have to, uh, ex- you know, accept those are all the same guy. And, and, and the stuff he's doing, like you said, it sort of comes from 
uh, the motives that were present early on in the show with him were present when he made all those bad choices that have led him to where he is. It's not, it, it's not coming out of left field. It's not done as a shock tactic. And it's not done to make some bigger point about humanity. Do you know what I mean? It's not... It, I feel like the characters are being respected for being characters. I don't know how to say it beyond that. And, yeah, and there And there is there. a clear point of view. There's definitely a worldview being presented to us. But it's not... I don't know. Something about it just isn't... It isn't as juvenile as, as that often is. Yeah, the well, the, it's... But I think I think part of it is that I, I I was talking about this recently, actually, kind of repeating something, but it was comparing it to Star Trek. In Star Trek, having the right worldview lets you win. Mm-hmm. In this, it's like I definitely feel Straczynski is bringing a worldview to the show, but he isn't presenting. Hey, if you just follow my worldview, everything goes good for you. Yeah. Because it won't. It's like following my worldview could be hard and make you miserable and ruin your life, yeah. <laughs> which makes everything feel more honest. It's yeah. not propaganda. It's just. But it's also it, not like there's a lot of shows that that sort of reject that Star Trek having the right worldview get you where you yeah. need to be. You but can go they, too far the other way. Yeah, it's yeah. something about it. It's almost like propaganda for something else. I don't know how to explain it, it's, but if, if this feels more like, and again, just to, to, to sort of bring it to I Claudius again, is that that idea of, like you said, you don't get rewarded for having the, you know, for having sort of the, the writer's worldview, uh, but you do get rewarded in the I Claudius universe for playing by the rules of that universe. Yeah, the rules of that universe they're not necessarily going to paint a picture of how people in real life should be. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's, you're still, there's still a lot to chew on. There's a lot of sort of moral questions being raised by the show. But if you simply try to find out what the answers are by watching the trajectories of the characters, you're not necessarily going to, you're going to miss what it is, if that makes sense. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And, uh, and so I don't know. I, I just, uh, I would say this is a, this is a show I can see, I, I now am understanding why pe- this resonated with people because the reason I'm bringing up I Claudius all the time is because <laughs> I Claudius is a show that resonated with me in a way that no other show ever had to that point in my life. I, Same here. I, I got yeah I got it on VHS at one point back in the very early '90s, so I was even coming to it well after it was a thing. But I had uh-huh. a cousin who was really into it, so I had sort of I had somebody to connect with. Uh, on the topic but i i watched that show and i had to keep watching episodes i had to go get the book i had i i I was drawn into the world in a way that that i i just haven't been and this is the only show since then that's really had that impact on me as a viewer and i'm coming to it very late as a as a science fiction fan um but i guess about the same well no a little longer because i but 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 still after it's it's release and uh and so there's something about this show that that uh, that is is that is very reminiscent of of of, of, of the I Claudius experience for me. That's making it work for me, and uh, and so yeah, I, I I guess what I'm saying is I am I am I've always wondered about Babylon Five because I knew I knew people that really liked it. I knew. Uh, I had heard the various explanations for why it's so great. And, and I had seen, you know, I had seen episodes, but not seen them. If that makes sense. I had had definitely been in the room when they were on, but I didn't really see them. 
And, this, um, this is a show you, you have, I mean, it's a cliche now to say it, you know, say, oh, you've got to watch this show in order from the beginning. You know, back then it was something that people didn't really wrap their heads, TV shows or something. You just put an episode on and you watched it. Yeah. And so, you know, but yeah, you don't, you know, cause I, I, you know, once again, a lot of people go, oh, the first season isn't as good as the second season. So just start with the second season. And I'm like, no, the second season is better than the first yeah. season, but you need the first season yeah, for do. the second season to work. You do. You definitely do. I totally understand why people would recommend this season first, because this is really the the level of quality is un, unbelievable. But mm-hmm. I don't think the level of quality would feel the same to me if I hadn't watched the first season. And um and it's interesting, no. you know. Like I think of somebody, it, 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 it's, it's, I, 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 just feel like I now have an answer for why people are so into this show, um, and, and it's, I, I can't recommend it enough to people. But, it, but it is, it is a, it is. There is sort of a long haul element to it. You got to watch that first season, which I think not everybody will have the. I had, a, I had a good positive reaction to the first season, um, but I could see somebody not not maybe being into the first season and then not realizing what they're missing out on in the second season. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, just, I, I try watching the first two seasons is my advice at this point. Um, you know, and to put my, my plug in once again, watch the prequel first. It makes, I think it makes the first season better. Okay. So. That's, <laughs> uh, you know, and that, and it worked for me. So, you know, maybe it'll work for other people, but, uh, but yeah, so th- this is a, I am. I am really wondering where this is going to go. I, I, I am. I am fully open to whatever the show is offering now. Um, yeah. And Jakar, oh man, Jakar is like so won me over, uh, in a major yeah. way. I really thought I was going to be a like a Londo guy going into this, and I still have, <laughs> I still like Londo a lot. But, oh yeah, no question. But Jakar, when he's really his performances have so much weight now somehow. Um, and, uh, and, and it's like you said, like that, that combination of fear and anger in that scene is it, it really, it really kind of unnerved me a little bit. Like it was, yeah, it was uncomfortable. It's... It was, it was not, it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was there, like enjoying myself. I was a little bit in pain watching that scene. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> it's this is hard. I mean, this episode, there's so much in it too. Cause I, you know, not having not watched the show in, 15 years i knew this was the episode where the war broke out i remembered you know the general scheme of the emperor showing up and londo pulling his plan but it's like there is so much more packed into this episode i mean like a lot of those scenes with jakar i'd forgotten i'd i'd forgotten this was also the episode where sinclair shows up again i'm just like geez how, how much can you cram into this episode and have it still all have impact it's amazing and uh and also, it's that scene when he's when he's saying like you know they're going to like he's basically saying that you know they're going to wipe us out like he's afraid they're going to wipe us and you're like he's yeah. right he's right they're going to wipe them out somebody do something you know you sort of you're sort of in you're, you're totally buy into everything that he's saying there so it, 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 I th- this was a really unique episode in that it gets you to feel so many different things over the course of it and you just I don't know to me that's kind of why I watch movies and stuff i kind of want i want the same experience i get when i hear really powerful music um which is an emotional reaction i'm not so worried about the intellectual reaction to it that can come later 
but it's the yeah. emotional reaction that I have to a show that's like, ah, like I'm feeling something and I want to stay here and watch this. And that's what this episode did. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think a thing with Jakar too, is that Jakar, you know, he hasn't said this, but I think, I think he's carrying around guilt too, because he had the upper hand all last season and he, this didn't have to happen. He basically pushed Londo into this corner by by going, I'm going to get my revenge on you guys. No, it's true. Um, and that's one of the reasons why you kind of weren't, like before you were kind of, you, you enjoyed Jakar, but you found him a little bit irritating. You felt he was maybe, you know, cramping Londo's style a bit at times. And, and, yeah. and, uh, and it's really blown up in his face. In a, and, 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 but you feel so much sympathy for him. You know, yeah, like, like, I do. Uh, I I really feel for the Jakar character, and I I think that I I can't remember the actor's name, but that guy, like, hats off to that guy for that that episode and for for his whole performance. But that episode is I know it's like a silly science fiction show, but that is that was like one of the most significant oh. moments I've ever seen on a on a screen. Yeah, no, Jakar Jakar and Londo both in this show just it's as good a performance as you're going to see anywhere i mean with those two people yeah that's that's i mean that's why i watch this kind of stuff that's what i'm looking for and i but yeah so i mean we could just keep going on and on about we could (laughs) yeah so so the bottom line here for those who who haven't been paying attention or just you know uh, you know just tune us out while we drone on is uh the coming shadows is an amazing episode. If you, if you, if you, you know, it, it's worth watching all the episodes that I've watched just to get to this one episode. That is a, yeah. Is a, uh, I was, I was glad too the way the order we've done that this was the last one we reviewed in an episode. Cause I thought, man, any episode, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I feel, you know, not, not that the episode, there are great episodes. The rest of the season is, it, is pretty awesome, but I'm just saying, I, this, you, you want to wrap up the episode after the, the podcast after talking about this episode, it, it would be impossible to get to a higher level. Like, I don't think there is higher than this. Do you know what I mean? Like this is the if they mm-hmm. if they got higher, I'd be amazed. Do you know what I mean? But like, there's no uh, they, episode that they, could follow they, it that would. They do win the Hugo again next year for an episode. Okay, so I mean, maybe much. they do. But I mean, there's nothing you couldn't follow this episode with a better episode. You have to build no. up to this kind of an episode. Um, yeah, the uh, the Hugo winning episode is is fantastic next season, but it's in a different way. Okay. So it's not it's it's not a case of trying to repeat the same thing. Yeah. And and it, and it's funny because like I feel like like I I have you know I've I I have seen Babylon Five before. It's not like I came into this totally unprepared for stuff, but like it wasn't. I hadn't really seen it. I realized when I started watching this with you, like it's it's yeah. not the kind of show that you can dip in and out of, and and uh, and and that's something I didn't understand about this show. You really do have to watch it from beginning to end. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, with Star Trek, you could you could get away with watching like, you know, half of the season each season and you'd be fine. Do you know what I mean? You'd be, yeah. you'd be totally fine. Uh, that's not the case here. Um, yeah. uh, and so I most... didn't understand what I didn't understand about the show. Um, and and th- and this episode really brought that all home for me. Um, so so I think, uh Yeah. I, I, this is this is good. Now we, we might return to sort of a two episode uh, <laughs> uh, thing next time because one of the things I have found, and I have to say, I, on one hand, I kind of liked how it played out here because I I really got a clear sense of 
of con- of of quality contrast between the episodes. Do you know what I mean? Like I got a sense of like, wow, yeah. this was a good episode. Maybe I wouldn't have had that clear sense if we were just comparing two episodes. But I I feel like I'm blurring them too much. So I want to I want to get a few. I want to get I want at least try doing some of this season two at a time, and then you know we'll see how things go if we go back to three. But um, but we might go back to two next time. And uh, and this Friday we're gonna do Lady is the Boss, which mm-hmm. which people should really so so okay so I, I I try to get this word out on my blog, but I'm gonna try to do it here again. Uh, if you listen to our Friday night Shaw Brothers martial arts wuxia sort of thing we do, it's always worth watching the movie before we actually get to the discussion. And we've been making a point of watching the movies that are available on prime, knowing a lot of people have access to prime, or at least if you're, if there's a really good chance, if you're a Shaw brothers fan that you've caught wind of the fact that they're on prime and you can watch a lot of Shaw brothers and other martial arts, uh, movies over there. So, uh, if you have prime, try watching ladies, lady is the boss this week. Uh, and watch my young auntie too. Cause that's, it's, it, this is one where you kind of need to see both. Um, my young auntie and lady is the boss and we're going to have a discussion on friday and lady chow fung is going to talk uh we're probably going to do a separate episode but she went to a special event in new york with lu fung she's going to talk about that it was amazing i saw the pictures it was i i really was was uh was in pain knowing that i couldn't be there because i didn't like i knew you never know what these events are going to be like and and you hear like okay somebody's gonna go and you're supposed to see like one of the venoms but he's gonna be at like the end of the table and you won't really get to meet him no she got to meet this guy she got to talk to him he was he looked like he looked like the happiest man in the world talking to his fans it was it it, it was it, it looked like a spectacular event um and and so so she had a blast and she's gonna tell us all about it um and, uh, and so we'll be back on Friday with that, and I think we'll be back on Sunday with another Babylon 5 episode. And yeah, so until then, we will talk to you later.